From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for February 18th, 2009 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Walter Eccles, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi, and back in the peanut gallery for the first time, my mother, Madeline. Hi, Mom. Um, In this week's show, Walter and I will begin the first in our series of reports on our recent trip to California. Uh, We're both still jet-lagged. We got in Monday night, and... We won't be doing that again. That's <laughs> yeah. just too hard. That's I know, hard. I know, I know. He was yelling at me the entire flight back. Why are we on a red eye? Because I have to take the first flight into California and the last flight out. So we sit around all day. We didn't go to the airport, and then we don't get to sleep, and we don't get home till six o'clock in the you morning. Can't, you can sleep on the plane. I didn't yeah, even try. I, I, I edited video on the plane. Uh, so what we're going to talk about today? We'll talk about the Disneyland Hotel, all that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, it is. Uh, it's good to be home. We had a, a great time out in California when it wasn't raining, and uh, like I said, we're we're pretty jet lagged. We're yeah, I'm definitely jet lagged, but not as bad. I honestly, it's not as bad this time as it's been times past. I've at least been able to get to bed at some kind of normal hour. I know it's it's been messing with you. Yeah, I thought I'd, I'd adjust easier, but it's been past midnight before I can go to bed every night. And that's like that's like middle of the night for him. I was just gonna say midnight. I'm just getting going. He's no, he's nine nine o'clock. I go to bed with the chickens. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> nine o'clock. I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah. Oh wow how how country was that? <laughs> I go to bed you do know the there's chickens. television on after nine o'clock, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that's when the good stuff comes on. Oh, uh, all right. We got a couple of things in housekeeping uh, that I want to uh, I want to mention. Uh, first and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about something that's been posted on the boards um, that I want to bring everybody's attention to. Deb Wills, uh, the webmaster of uh, All Ears Net, All Ears dot net. Um, every year, uh, Deb is a breast cancer survivor, and every year she participates in the Avon Breast Cancer Walk. I think last year she raised something like forty thousand dollars. It was incredible. Um, and first of all, I can't say enough good things about Deb as a person. I mean, she's a, just, she's a wonderful lady, uh, really just as, as good as they come. And that she does this and raises so much money for such a great cause. Um, I, I, I want to do everything that I, we can to help out. Uh, I know that we've been asking you guys to uh, pony up for uh, the shirts. And you've really delivered. We're going to talk about that in a second. I've got a major announcement on that uh, to make. Uh, and I, I, you'll, you'll never know how much I appreciate it, but I, I, I really want to encourage everybody to help Deb out. Uh, I'm, I'm donating. Uh, I know some other people uh, from the site are donating. Really want to get as many, many people as we can to help out, uh, especially right now. I realize that you know the economy stinks, and a lot of people are being affected by it. Uh, some of us are fortunate that we're not as affected as others. And so, you know, it kind of, I don't know, for me, it makes me feel better to know that I'm doing something to help out because charities are the first ones to take a hit when the economy goes south. When things are good, charities tend to do well. People have extra money. But when, you know, when it becomes a choice for a lot of people between feeding your family and donating to charity, well, they're going to feed their family first, obviously. So 
you know, really trying to use the site and the show and everything else that we do as much as we can to help raise money for good organizations, help support people that are out there really trying to make this happen, uh, I think is just just part of our responsibility. So uh, we're going to have a link. Uh, th- there are links on the boards. There's going to be a link on the show notes page, a permanent link until Deb finishes her walk uh, to, to donate money to uh, the Avon Breast Cancer Walk. Give what you can. I don't care if it's five bucks. Give whatever you can. Every dime helps. Every dime helps. And, uh, you know, just whatever you can do to help out. Uh, now, while we're on the subject of helping out, um, I just got a letter today. Uh, John brought it with him to the show. Uh, the person has asked to remain anonymous, and I will honor that request. But uh, this is a, 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 Diz, a Diz Unplugged listener, a site visitor, uh, who has made just the most stunning offer for us in our effort to raise money for Give Kids the World. Uh, first of all, John, what's our, what's our current total? Ooh, that's you caught me off guard. It's on our uh, page. It's eight thousand. It's about eighty four, eighty five hundred dollars yeah, that we're up like to that. right now. If everybody who has ordered uh, sends in their check, uh, we're over ten grand. Yep, uh, approaching eleven actually. Yes, and more has been coming in every day. More but orders every day. But we have sent in over eight thousand dollars so far to give kids the world. Uh, and I got this letter today from this listener who would like to remain anonymous and I'm just blown away um, this listener is going to match all donations made to give kids the world that we're for this money we're raising up to twenty thousand dollars I just I don't know what to say I'm, I'm speechless yeah it's amazing a twenty thousand dollar matching donation is just stunning you sure know I'm getting punked is Ashton Kutcher gonna jump out at me <laughs> Now this is now incredible. We, 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 we know this person, yes, and we know it's legitimate. A good listener, a good fan, a good person, a really know. good person. It's kind yeah. of breathtaking. And uh, uh, so, folks, the game's afoot. We need to get to twenty thousand. We absolutely need to get to twenty thousand dollars. So now I'm going to ask you to start talking to the people you work with, your family, your friends. Uh, we need to get to twenty thousand dollars. Uh, One of the things we're going to do, uh, Pete, I talked about last week on the show, a lot of people have mentioned that they'd like to pick up their shirts on the podcast cruise. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make that an option on the order form so they can order the shirt and then bring a check or cash or whatever it is they want to do on the podcast cruise. So hopefully that will make it easier for some people to pay for the shirt that way. So they just don't want to pack. <laughs> well, they, they have to pack this going home. So that's going to be an option for folks. So help a lot. That'll help with our total. Well, uh, whatever, uh, however we can do it. Uh, I need our listeners to start being creative and helping us get the word out. I'm not suggesting you go spam other boards or anything like that, but uh, whatever you can do to help us get this word out, uh, it goes to the best possible cause. If you're not familiar with Give Kids the World, we have a link on the show notes page to the interview that David Parfit our special correspondent did with Susie Story, who uh, is, is one of the people that works over at Give Kids the World, and gotten such great feedback on that interview. And it really has opened a lot of eyes to what Give Kids the World does, what they're about. And, you know, like I said, especially during this economy, 
charities are the first ones to really get hit and feel the pinch. And so anything that we can do uh, to help out Deb Wills with her walk uh, for breast cancer and uh, to help out Give Kids the World, we want to do. So $20,000 is the new goal, folks. Uh, we're moving the, moving the goalpost from 10000 to 20000 And I will start guilt-tripping people if I have to. It worked really well last time. I did that guilt trip thing, and those orders came flooding in. This was really important to Bob. This was incredibly important to Bob. And we're coming up on a year, believe it or not. Yeah, I know. So if you're looking for a way to honor Bob's memory, this would be a great way to do it. That was one of the things this listener had mentioned in the the letter that uh, was sent to us, that uh, a donation, they were going to make a donation uh, in memory of Bob, but thought this would be a, a great way to make that donation maybe go a little bit further by encouraging other people. So if we have a listener that's willing to pony up $20,000 for kids the world, I'm just amazed at that. Then uh, those of you who have not bought a T-shirt yet, $25 is really not too much to ask. I understand if money's tight and you can't afford it, that's you're off the hook. But those of you that can and you know who you are, because there's always those holdouts, you know, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. I just haven't done it yet. I realize life is busy. But stop and think about it for a second. You know, children with life-threatening illnesses going to Disney World as, as their wish. Uh, that's, that's a cool thing to do. So pony up, man up, sign up. <laughs> There's the tagline, Corey. Put that on the site. <laughs> I think we should have a thing like if we if we meet up with a listener and they're not wearing a shirt or something in the we parks. Ridicule them? Yeah, we could publicly embarrass them. Okay. <laughs> there you go. If you approach us in the parks and you're not wearing the Give Kids the World shirt, we will publicly humiliate you on the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're a lot easier to find than they are. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what they look now, like. Now nobody's going to come up to us. Really? Um, all right. Uh, another listener I want to say thank you to, Robbie Allenson. Uh, we're going to be putting this up on the site this week. Robbie did a character a character drawing of the team that is just fantastic. It was awesome. It really was. Um, and I was, I was really touched that he put the effort into doing this. It was something I actually I wanted to do because everybody always asks us for, for pictures. And, you know, a few of us at the table are kind of weird about that, myself included. And... Uh, I thought, you know, we'd have character drawings done up of us, and that would be a different way of doing it. And, you know, I don't think I'd ever really mentioned that on the show either. And Robbie just came up with this idea on his own. Did a great job. He's obviously very talented. So, Robbie, thank you very much. And uh, show notes page this week, podcast.wdwinfo.com. You'll get a chance to see uh, Robbie's, uh, Robbie's artwork. So I wanted to thank him for that. Uh, I also wanted to talk about the food and wine trip that I had been uh, discussing the possibility of doing at Disneyland this year. Uh, We have, uh, just with the number of things going on, especially with the podcast crews coming up, and I have a couple of other obligations, the only time Disneyland can accommodate us to do this is going to be in the early part of May. Uh, And it's basically going to mean I'll be, if I was to do that, I would be away from home for three weeks in the end of April and the beginning of May, and it's just too much. Uh, so unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do it this year, but I am working on something else for September. I'm not going to discuss exactly what it is yet because we have to work out some details with Disneyland first. But as soon as I have something concrete, we'll be announcing it. 
But be keeping that in mind, for the early part of September out in Disneyland, we are thinking about doing something then uh, that will be hopefully another way to raise some money for some worthwhile charities. So keep that in mind. And uh, uh, one other thing I want to, uh, the last thing I have anyway for housekeeping is uh, the crew, the Dis Unplugged crew is going to be on a float at Mardi Gras at Universal on February 28th. Does Universal know this? They invited, they invited us. Are we just going to like pirate the Yeah, we are. Float? We're, we're not going to like be walking behind the parade or anything, are we? <laughs> Look at us. They know we're coming, right? They invited us. Okay. They That's invited cool. us. So if any of you are going to be in town, um, love to do a meet that night in Universal, uh, February 28th. Not sure what time the parade is, but Mardi Gras goes on after, it's after the park closes technically, right? It's like, yeah. kind of like an evening thing they do. Mm-hmm. So... We get to throw beads, right? We get to throw beads. Oh, yeah. And what if they're wearing podcast shirts? Can we aim at them? Well, we'll absolutely aim at people at it wearing podcast shirts. Of course, of course. Make yourselves known. It'll be dark. We're old and we can't see well. <laughs> he doesn't so. mean just me. Yeah. <laughs> the parade that night is going to be at 8 o'clock. It starts at 8. Oh, okay. Cool. Excellent. So, want to see some of our, uh, love to see some of our listeners over in Universal that night. 8 p.m. February 28th. It's a Saturday, right? Yes. That'll be fun. Oh, my, the kids will be in town. My niece and nephews are uh, coming down for a week, and they'll be here. Then, oh, that'll be a blast. They'll have a, they'll have a great time. And the concert for that night is Pat Benatar. Oh, wow. Get out of town. Oh, boy, well, you just her. did jazz hands. <gasps> <laughs> you just did the gasp. Well, I mean, you excited. You tell a, a gay 80s child that Pat Benatar is going to be somewhere. We're it's not gonna... like he said Judy Garland. Calm down. <laughs> it's better than Judy. It's Pat. Loving her. Oh, that's going to be great. That's going to be absolutely awesome. Maybe we can meet her. Maybe she could be in our float. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the uh, to throw things at Pat Benatar. I have a feeling that he's going to hand us all like roller skates. <laughs> Hold hands and pretend you're one big float. You're one of the stilt walkers. Yeah, right. All right. Anybody else have anything for housekeeping? I have a bunch of stuff. First of all, we received a box in our mailbox, and I brought it here for us to open on air. It's a bomb. Is it more chocolate? I'm not sure to tell you the truth, though. I'm making horrible noises. Why don't you open that? I want you to know this has sat on my dining room table for a week now, mm. and I have not gone through it. Oh, you're good. You are good. The company it's from is called Bath and Bonbon. Oh, and mm. it's chocolate you can eat while you take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this no. is from our uh, one of our Disneyland correspondents, Nancy Johnson. Right. She had mentioned she was sending this oh. stuff to us. Oh my gosh! Is I she yellow Mickey Poncho? Yes, yeah, she is yellow Mickey Ponchos on the board. Pass it she around. Make, take she makes soap, it. right? She makes these soaps. Yes. And oh, it smells soaps. good. I'm going to pass it around the because I don't know what any of this stuff is. Oh, they do smell good. Wow, it's like never ending. Look at all the stuff she, she sent. A lot of stuff in here. Oh wow. Oh wow. I don't oh, see any bonbons though. John's looking for the chocolate. It's all, it's all bath. There's no bonbons. She sent Teresa chocolates, huh? Make sure you uh, send some of these back to my mom so she can smell This is really, really nice. Oh, my gosh. It's like a ton of soaps and Nancy, creams. this is so generous. Thank you so much. And we love this stuff. 
<laughs> we do. Because we're gay. What is this? Facial cream. Oh, God, I always Corey, need that. You're backing up here. Come on, move along, okay? <laughs> the bottleneck is at Corey. <laughs> These things are like nonstop. It's like soaps Ooh. that are size of baseballs. And she was telling me she makes all this stuff herself. This is not, you oh, know, wow. pat you know, but, uh, rebranded stuff that she's buying somewhere else. I she's think this one made it around. It's all yeah, like it's all her one. label and it's all her packaging. Wow, this is incredible. Wow, you're quite talented. Really, thank you very much for that. That's awesome. Bathandbonbon.com. Bathandbonbon.com. We'll include a link to that in the show is notes page. Is it an page. ampersand and or is it no, a No, it's spelled out. Bath, A-N-D, bon, bon.com. Very cool. And uh, now we know two soap ladies. <laughs> yeah, we're just apparently like we're big in the soap making community. I think we would smell better. <laughs> Speak to yourself. I was just going to say. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Um, my here's her uh, check for her T-shirts. Oh, I didn't notice that in there. That's the and big, uh, uh, biggest bonbon I've ever seen. And we're seen. closer to our goal now. Yeah. Are these all ending up over by Kathy? Because no, she's not going to have no, any room. Ending. No, they're on my lap. Now they're on my lap. Madeline's breathing, isn't she? <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Um, wow, what's in these? I don't know. They all smell they good. Smell really they smell really good, really do. They? Really cool. Well, thank you very, very much for that, Nancy. That was uh, that was very sweet. That was very nice. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you were going to mention this in news at all, but about MouseFest. Uh, they made the announcement that MouseFest this year is going to be canceled. Um, the people who were running it um, were having some trouble because it was... Did we kill MouseFest? I have that feeling, don't we show, you? We show, up, we show up and then like MouseFest dies. The first year we go and it's done. Uh, apparently, it got it's very like large. when they introduce people to the aboriginals. <laughs> <laughs> you think we brought smallpox to MouseFest? <laughs> <laughs> we killed off the natives. <laughs> it's very little Kevin could do except for watch like the Biography I Channel. Know. I've watched a lot of television. <laughs> the Discovery Channel. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, it looks like MouseFest is postponed this year. It's gotten a little bit big, and they're they're short-staffed, and they don't have the ability. I can't, you know, I, I when I is participating in it this year and seeing firsthand what kind of work they were doing that Dave Marks that was, Dave Marks was doing. Yeah. To I told him I wouldn't want your job for he, all the money in the world. He really deserves. He really deserves a great deal of praise and thanks from the Disney fan community. For the amount of effort and work, because it's a labor of love, he's not getting paid for this, right. and uh, you know it's a real labor of love to support the community. And I'm only sorry we weren't a part of it sooner. Yeah, That's my fault, though. And uh, I have a feeling a lot of what the reason why he left was because of what Disney put him through this year. Yeah, Disney was, you know, and, and, and I'm just I, I don't want to go. I'm in such a good mood. I don't want to go off. I'm just throwing that bomb in that direction. <laughs> you, know? Well, you know, come off of it. How stupid can you people be? You're bringing in all these people. All these. This is your highest affinity group, guys. Your highest affinity group. And why are you putting this man through the kind of garbage you put him through? Shame on you. You don't deserve the business. So I think idiots. That, that did you bring gasoline with you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> But in conjunction with that announcement, I also want to make sure people know we've had a lot of discussions with this on the boards. People are are now concerned, well, what will happen? People have already made their plans around coming at that time, and we're very excited because we've said that we would participate again this year. So I want people to know that we are planning something 
for around the same time Mouse Fest was going to be this year. We don't know what yet. We haven't talked to Disney about it. We haven't made any specific plans yet. But we just want to let people know that the Diz, the Diz Unplugged, and Dreams Unlimited Travel is planning some sort of event. Right. We're not looking to replace Mouse Fest here. Um, And as soon as Mouse Fest, you know, if if something works out and they're able to do it again next year, we'll absolutely participate next year. Uh, This is not, I want to be really, really clear about this, folks. We are not trying to replace Mouse Fest here. We're not doing anything like that. We're thinking about doing something along the lines of what we did with our event. So we will do something. Um, But... uh, we also have our own security for the per- first person who harasses us with a private message, email, or phone call as to what we're going to do or wants to be on a wait list. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> post. Launchpad 11B, Paul. We've hired him as security. You don't want to mess with that boy. Really? There you go. You do not want to mess with that He's boy. my personal bodyguard. I'm so happy. What? what? No, he has to be mine. <laughs> well, so sad. He, he likes me better. <laughs> so I want to make sure people understand that uh, that's the deal. Because yeah, he's trained to like use guns, isn't he? He's like that army dude. I think he can kill you with his pinky. <laughs> <laughs> I think he could. Um, and the next thing I have on my housekeeping is that for those folks signed up for the podcast cruise, I just want to let you know balance are due, balances are due February twenty third. So we're coming up on that balance due date. So just make sure you get in touch with us if you haven't already paid your balance. That's this coming Monday. This coming Monday. It's super important because uh, you enter into penalty periods. You don't want to lose your deposit. You don't want to have any problems. If for any reason you can't go, contact Tracy. Tracy at DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com. And we'll humiliate you. (laughs) We will. We'll post you your name. And she will help you make alternate arrangements. So Okay. Cool. Anything else for housekeeping? Nope. All right. Then let's get started with the news. First news story, actually a couple of bad news stories. Uh, Disney's earnings plummet in the first quarter. Uh, earnings report for the period ending 12-31-08 was the worst Disney has seen in years, specifically at theme parks and resorts. Operating income in the parks and resorts division fell 24% over the previous year to $382 million while revenues decreased 4% to $2.7 billion. It should be noted, however, that those numbers reflect business prior to the release of Disney's Seven Nights for the Price of Four promotion, and that has reportedly had a very significant impact on their revenue. I think their, uh, uh, their second quarter report, when that comes out, uh, you, uh, just so people understand, for Disney, their first quarter is October through December. Uh, they close their, their fiscal year out at the end of September. So this is for that period, October through December, and uh, they'll release their, I mean, I guess in April, sometime in April they'll release their third, their second quarter, which is January through March. I expect that number to be much, much healthier uh, for them because they have had a, a very, very good response to the 7 for 4 promotion, and of course uh, they're, uh, they've extended that promotion out now through through August, which I thought was a very smart move and very considerate of those people who, for whatever reason, uh, cannot travel uh, before June, uh, who can't take their kids out of school. That's a lot of people. And now, so people that would normally travel in the summer will get a chance to, because uh, it's honestly, it's a great deal. Uh, I, you know, if it wasn't, I'd say so. But I, in the 12 years I've been doing this, I haven't seen Disney do anything like it. So they ran the same promotion uh, many years ago. 
Yeah, must have been before we were doing this, though. No, we were we were actually doing it, but it was uh, much more limited than this. It was really, yeah. I don't remember that. They did. They did so. Well, then again, I have very few brain cells left, so it's not a surprise. <laughs> but this is an an excellent offer. There's also um, uh, we're getting reports that people are receiving postcards with pin codes for forty um, percent off. Resort stays, Good. and some people have actually gotten um, uh, free dining mm-hmm. promotions. They've gotten postcards in the mail for free dining coming up in the uh, in the fall. So, usually, that's a precursor to what the general public will see. Yeah. So it depends on how much they fill up for the fall, but I would expect we're going to see some good promotions. Well, you know, it's year. like I said last year before Disney announced anything. When the, it looked like the economy was really heading on a downward spiral, that I, I said it. Disney is not going to go down without a fight. They're not going to go down without a fight. And there's a, a number of guns in their arsenal. And I got to give them credit on this. They've they really they've stepped up. They've given this is a good deal. This is a good package, and it I think is making it accessible, making the product accessible to people that you know were on the fence. Um, about whether or not they could afford to take a Disney vacation, so um, I'm glad to see it. I hope uh, I hope that they come up with something for the fall. You know, I, I really and truly, I'd love to see it not be necessary because that would mean the economy is doing better and that they w- there's no need for it. But uh, while this is the circumstances, then then yeah, I'm glad they're doing it. Uh, on a related story, Universal Orlando announced yesterday that they would be closing the Twister attraction, at least until spring, as part of cost-cutting measures aimed at easing the financial effects of the recession. Universal had announced similar closure to other attractions a few weeks ago, along with staffing changes as the economy continues to worsen and tourism into Orlando continues to drop. Disney is also trying to lessen the blow by offering Florida residents a special offer. The Orlando Sentinel is reporting that Disney is now offering Florida uh, Florida locals two one-day, one-park tickets for $99. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, that offer is good until May 20th. The local parks continue to get creative with special offers in an effort to draw in more tourists. Both Disney and Universal have recently extended their stay-free offers, while both are also looking to scale down the size of their operation in an effort to cut costs. While Universal is cutting certain attractions, Disney has scaled back on some of the entertainment venues, including Fantasmic, the Fantasmic Show at Hollywood, at Hollywood Studios. And uh, in conjunction with that story about Universal, there are also uh, the restaurants Lombard's Landing and Confisco's um, are going to have seasonal schedules. They're only going to be open Wednesday through Sunday. Huh? Wow, that's well, real bad. It's kind of like it, this is a, a bad thing to say, but when you hear like Fear Factor closed, you think. Eh. Who cares? And you think Twister's closed, and you think, eh. Yeah. But when well, two this, of their restaurants are going to when, seasonal, yeah, that's a big move. Yeah, I'm surprised it's Confic- Confisco's and not Mythos. And that's what it says. I'm really surprised. No, I, I trust you. I'm just surprised. He wasn't testing your reading skills. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. It's a good idea you do every once in a while. And our final news story, this makes me sad. Uh, it could be part of the buyout offered to many executives a few weeks ago or just part of a larger corporate reshuffling but either way tom mcalpin the head of disney cruise line is out and carl holtz the man that he replaced four years ago is back in 
Carl Holtz has been serving as president of New Vacation Operations for Disney, which includes oversight of the Adventures by Disney product. Mm -hmm. Disney Cruise Line will now be moved under that umbrella, along with off-site regional resorts to create one organization that Disney says is, quote, designed to take the Disney brand new places, end quote. McAlpin has been with Disney Cruise Line for 14 years, starting in accounting and finance and moving his way up the ranks to lead the organization for the last four. McAlpin was responsible for overseeing the start of construction on two new ships, as well as the introduction of several new itineraries, including the Panama Canal, Mexican Riviera, and Mediterranean over the last few years. I really am sad to see him go. i got to be honest. I, I, when, when, when he first took over, you know, it's like, okay, number cruncher. It's bad, bad idea putting one of these people in charge, even though Matt we met, who is widely considered to be the gold standard of Disney executives, even though he's not with the company anymore. He was well-loved at Disney Cruise Line. He was well-loved at Disney Vacation Club before that. He was well-loved at Disneyland, which is a hard... That's a hard thing to do, because those people are tough out there. I think we're tough. The Disneyland fans are... They make me look like Mary Poppins. So, you know... (laughs) Go ahead. 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 I'm waiting for it. Go ahead. It just struck me funny. Okay. Um... So you know, Matt, we met when Matt, we met left. Carl Holtz came in, and I don't remember a lot about Carl Holtz, so I really can't say much about him. But then Tom McAlpin took over, and I'm like, okay, Bean Counter coming in to run Cruise Line. But I got to say, he did a great job. He did a great job, not only maintaining the quality of the brand, but doing something I didn't think was possible and improving the quality of the brand. Uh, I know a lot of people were upset with the price increases uh, that Disney Cruise Line saw. And I've talked about this in the show before. This is one area where I will give Disney some leeway. He is he, he was in a very untenable position for any executive in that he had to maintain that high standard of quality, which is not cheap to do to begin with, but he has no new inventory to sell. There's no casinos on those ships. There's only very, very limited number of revenue streams that they can put into place to make more money every year. And it is a business. It has to make more money every year. So the only thing they could do was come up with some of these itineraries where they could get away with charging six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars 9000 Unfortunately, now in this economy, that was okay three years ago, two years ago, but now in this economy, that's not going to fly. So I'm even more concerned you know, for Carl Holtz coming in right now to take over this product. This is a luxury product in a bad economy. How well that's going to do, you know, who knows? Adventures by Disney is a luxury product, too. What I'm afraid, petrified, is going to happen is that they are going to do what Disney has done in the past. When it comes time to choose between quality and cost, they almost always vote against quality and i'm very afraid to see disney cruise line lose its standing as a premier first-rate cruise line in an effort to cut costs because they will not they're they're not going to lower the lower the price so um i'm hoping i'm hoping that carl holtz is some kind of magician who can figure out how to pilot the the cruise line basically with no pun intended through the uh, the current economy and and make it work. 
So I don't envy them. It's not going to be an easy job. Now, it'll be a little bit easier when they bring the two new ships online, 2011, 2012, because they'll have that new inventory. So they'll have a little more flexibility. They'll have permanent new itineraries. We know, even though it, I don't think it's been officially announced yet, we know for a fact that one ship is going out to the port of Los Angeles permanently. Um, and the rumor we heard was that the other ship was going to float, basically. It was going to either be in Europe part of the year and then in Asia part of the year. So we'll see what happens. But uh, we hope that Carl Holtz follows in the footsteps of We Met and McAlpin in terms of maintaining the quality of that product because it is really and truly the best service Disney has to offer right now, in my opinion, uh, is on that ship, uh, on those ships. And nothing can happen to that. So it's not an easy job. I, I don't mean to suggest that it is. But, uh, you know, if it was easy, anybody could do it. So you got the job now, Carl. I don't predict he's going to be around in that position long. I think he's a, he's a filler manager. He's going to come in and do what he did after Matt we met and make sure that things are going until the next person takes over. I don't think he's going to be in charge of I think product. if that's what they were going to do, they wouldn't be moving this under his existing umbrella. I disagree. I think they took – I think they – they were looking to get rid of those executives, and when Tom took it, now we don't know for sure that he was offered a package. We don't know it for sure. Sure, smells like it. That. Smells like it. I think when he took it, they decided, okay, here's our interim solution, and now let's look for somebody because I think they'll take someone from within the corporate, within the structure of Disney Cruise Line and bump them up. But this is always whenever they do this, it's always emotionally scarring to me. It's like when they switch Darren's on Bewitched. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Or Becky's on Roseanne. <laughs> it just, you know, it's emotionally scarring to me. So um, I get used to one. I get, you know, I get used to one of these guys, and then they, they, they change them out. Did you ever see the Roseanne where they brought the original Becky back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they all said to her was, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. It cracks me up every time. So, all right. That is going to do it for the news this week. Oh, I have one more news story. Okay. Someone at the table is celebrating a birthday February 21st. Who? Oh. And Mr. you won't have another show before that. Mr. John Magi. That's me. It's his 25th birthday. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's the 25th one he'll admit to. <laughs> Happy birthday, John. Thank you. That's Happy right. Happy birthday, John. Happy birthday, John. Happy birthday. Early. But that's right. February 21st. John and I were born 10 weeks apart in the same hospital. Go figure that one out. Wow. And now it's closed. And now it's, yeah, they demolished mm. it. <laughs> Like, we can't let that happen again. <laughs> really? Blow it up. John's birthday is the day after my mom's birthday. Oh, really? Yep. And they're 10 weeks apart, too. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <A little> creepy. <laughs> the creepy factor. All right. That will do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to rapid fire. And I'm going to go first, so nobody can steal mine. Uh, actually, I've got two. Uh, one, I want to mention that uh, we have some new videos up to go up in conjunction with this show from our Disneyland trip. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I've got like literally eight or nine more of these to go through and do. I did the easy ones first. Uh, we have Fantasmic. Uh, we have the fireworks, the Remember Dreams Come True fireworks, which were just awesome. We have a ride-through of Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, which I was shocked to realize that it's so different out there than ours is. Oh, it's so much better. Oh, it's mm-hmm. yeah. light years better. No pun intended. <laughs> and uh, the uh, ride through of Pirates of the Caribbean, my 
favorite ride, and the the one in California just blows ours out of the water. Uh, sure does. It's so much better. So those four videos are up. If, if you are looking for them on YouTube, you will not find them. You'll find the, the Pirates of the Caribbean one and the Buzz Lightyear will be on YouTube. But uh, I'm fed up with having to edit down good video to 10 minutes just to accommodate YouTube. Um, motion boxes where we're hosting the Fantasmic and the uh, fireworks video because they will take the high-definition video quality actually a little bit better than the high definition quality on YouTube and they'll let me put up a 21 minute video and not give me any garbage about it and uh, just to keep everybody happy because we were putting the show up late this week um, I went ahead and put the uh, fireworks video up on the blog. That was awesome. Isn't that, that great? And it was that good was. because it wasn't like a jerky video like you see some people's videos. Well, I, had, this, the, uh, I had the monopod. Okay I was going to ask you that. Standing yeah. in the middle of May. It was, that was, we recorded that on Valentine's Day and on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom, you can figure out what the crowds were like. But uh, it was like being there. It was awesome. Well, you'll notice on that video, there's a couple of points where I cut away to a different a different angle. The angle I'm cutting away to was the view of the fireworks from our room in the Dreams Tower at the Disneyland Hotel. Oh, cool! And it's really neat. They pump. There's a television channel that pumps in the sound. So we turned off the lights, cranked up the TV, opened up the window. We were on the 10th floor and had this great view of downtown Disney in the park. It's just so sad. You can't, even from the 10th floor of that building, you can't see their castle. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the Matterhorn, but you can't see the castle. And it's like, come on, put it on stilts or something. <laughs> uh, don't send me emails. I'm joking. So okay. Oh, Mary Jo, we were joking around with Mary Jo at dinner. We were out there. We met our Disneyland correspondents. We were joking around with her, and she was punching me. Don't mess with that castle out there. <laughs> they got like the whole Napoleon complex going on with the castle. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention it's is the, the it's the original. It's intimate. It's intimate. It just means it's small and old. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry. So. All right, I'm. I'm not gonna. I think I'm gonna take somebody else's. But if I do my other one, so I'm not gonna do my other one. So new videos are up. We're gonna have links to them on the show notes page, podcast. You'll also be able to see them on our blog, disunplugged.com, and they will be peppered around the website in their appropriate places on the Disneyland site, uh, Disneyland portion of our site. So go enjoy our videos. Uh, we'll be putting the rest up with next week's part two of our Disneyland coverage. If we ever get to part one today, my Lord God, we're like <laughs> so far into this show. Housekeeping was huge. But uh, so that's it for me. Mrs. Whirling. Disney's Magical Express has changed how they're doing things starting March 30th. Now, if you arrive at Orlando International Airport after, after 10, you now need to go pick up your luggage and take it to the bus or take it to the welcome center and it will go on the bus with you and again this is another one of those things that disney says this is due to guest feedback that they found that um, guests would rather have their luggage with them rather than have them deliver it at two o'clock in the morning right yeah. yeah but a lot of people just said you know hold it till the morning so i think there's 
going to be a lot of people that are going to be upset that now they have to handle their own luggage. And then starting June 30th, if you arrive after 10 p.m., you have to wait for the next bus tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you arrive late, I mean, you want to brush your teeth, you want to change into, you know, your night clothes or whatever. But this doesn't doesn't make any sense. Why don't you just put the luggage under the bus that the people are riding in? These buses have storage areas on the bottom. Why does it always have to go in a different truck? To get have to you ever resort. seen how much luggage people that come to Disney World bring with them? I can't imagine that the amount of people who arrive after 10 p.m. You should have seen every, every just out at Disneyland. We were out there. Just these poor bellmen. I mean, you got a family of four, two adults, two children. They had they had mountains, mountains of, of, of luggage. luggage. You've traveled with my family. <laughs> You've traveled with me. The problem is those those people are carrying one luggage just full of cash, <laughs> so they can afford the. Food. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of people on the Diz, though, that that's their whole thing is, you know, pack that one little bag, which you should do anytime should you travel. That, yeah. Anyway, so in case your luggage is delayed or lost, you would have that stuff for your first night. So right. I, that I just a lot of sense. I just see, you know, like a lot of people were like wandering around the airport. You know, do I go get my luggage? Don't I go get my luggage? Like, how is this all going to shake out? Right. And then schlep it over to where the buses are and. Yeah, what if my flight arrives at 9.55? Somebody already asked that question on the course. <laughs> you know they're going to ask. Of course they're going to ask that question. All right, well, thank you for that, Kathy. Walter. Okay, Disney debuts his first black princess. Princess Tiana will be on the big screen later this year in an animated musical, The Princess and the Frog. She's the first princess introduced by Disney since Milan in 1998. Disney's first African-American princess will soon join the ranks of Snow White, Cinderella, and the Little Mermaid. What about Princess Giselle? Who's that? From Enchanted. Yeah, she was yeah. introduced after Mulan. Hmm. Not animated. Well, for she was a while, she was. <laughs> yeah, well, I think this is in the animated tradition is what they're talking about. Yeah, I think animated. That's wrong. Okay. So Princess Tiana made her day debut at the American International Toy Fair in New York. The doll will be sold in stores across the country uh, this fall for 10 to $15. Expert says... It'll be made completely of lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. We'll have to recall her immediately. And melamine. Disney's franchise... And uh, peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. The Disney Princess franchise, which produces a variety of merchandise ranging from Halloween costumes to school supplies made a reported $4 billion last year. Wow. It, um, Princess and the Frog is scheduled to be released December 25th. Don't you love it? The merchandise is out now. Nobody no, in the fall, he said. I thought they said it was introduced in that. Well, it was it was debuted at the, at oh, the Toy okay. Fair, I guess, and right. but there, it's, it's going to be re- actually sold in, in the fall. But, a little uh, tiny rotating platform. <laughs> <laughs> and then McDonald's will have it all summer. Burger King. Yeah, that's right. They're not uh, they're not doing their their thing with McDonald's anymore. So I'm right. looking forward to this movie. I'm looking it forward. It really to looks it. good from what I, I read about it. it. Seems to be very good. Looking forward to the return of hand drawn animation again. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was thinking. That I know too. Wally's a huge hit, and it's a contender for the Oscar. But I'm getting tired of the computer generated stuff. Really? I don't know. It's I I think there's room for both. I do. I agree. I, agree. I think there's there's room, room for both. For both. But, but it seems not like to the exclusion of the one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that always bothered me that they excluded that because it was a whole, it's a whole art form that has just been wiped away. 
and it shouldn't be because it's a real part of tradition and legacy yeah. for Disney. Yeah, what was the last one? Wasn't the last one Lilo and Stitch? Yep. Yeah. Which I loved. I still haven't seen that one. i got to watch that. Well, thank you, Walter. Corey? I know everybody's looking for a discount. The Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin expanded their teacher discount to include office staff and custodians. And they also um, offer this discount to substitute teachers, administrative staff. Basically, if you walk into a school, you get this <laughs> discount. If you went to school. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, to prove you need to come with a work ID or a letter from a supervisor on company letterhead um, or a recent pay stub, they also offer discounts to annual pass holders, AAA, AARP. Enter- People with elbows. Entertainment book, <laughs> nurses, including LPNs, um, government discounts, military discounts, if you breathe. Yeah, basically. But this is great. I mean. They've always been great with their discounts, always. And, you know, uh, yeah, yes, we do have a financial relationship with the Swan Dolphin. I'll make sure I'll give that disclosure. I don't think it's a secret to anybody, but just just in case. But, uh, you know, I always say to people, keep in mind where Swan and Dolphin are located and the three hotels that surround it, the Boardwalk, the Yacht Club, and the Beach Club. Take a look at the prices for a room at the Yacht or the Beach Club or the Boardwalk compared to a price of, the, of a room at the Swan Dolphin. And I got to tell you, the rooms at the Swan Dolphin are every bit as good. The beds, the beds are more comfortable, in my opinion. And... You're the same distance to Epcot and Hollywood Studios, especially if you want to have that on-property experience and save some money in the process. It's just it's a no-brainer. Gorgeous hotels. This is You're definitely not living in, in, in uh, substandard discount land when you stay at the Swan Dolphin. These are first-rate hotels, first-rate amenities, first-rate service. Can't say enough good things about them. It's why we have them on the site. So. And you could book up to three rooms with this discount mm-hmm. per ID. Wow. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you, Corey. Kevin. Disney Cruise Line's offering a shipboard credit for annual pass holders. For a limited time, there's a $50 shipboard credit. You have to book between February 1st of this year and March 1st, which means like 10 more days. And the, you have to sail between June 7th of this year and August 9th of this year. You have to provide a copy of your annual pass or, about, um, or voucher. You have to provide the front and back and it must be fa- the fax must be received by final payment due date. The terms and conditions of the offer apply to new bookings, bookings only. So if you're thinking that it's going to be worth trying to get that $50 discount, be pre- prepared that if you do try and get it, they will reshop your reservation, which could re- result in a higher price. And the offer applies to Category 4 through 12 only. The number of uh, staterooms allocated for this offer is limited. Other offers, discounts, or onboard credits do not apply. Yeah, I want to make sure people understand if you have any other discount, uh, any other promotion, you can't combine the two. However, it is you can combine it with the Dreams Unlimited Travel Shipboard Credit that we're offering as right. well. So that's one of the few things you can combine. Cool. Thank you for that, Kevin. John. Mine is there was a story in uh, on Florida to floridatoday.com that the Disney cruise ship was delayed due to a found ordinance. Oh yeah, I saw that. The Disney cruise ship scheduled to part Port Canaveral this past Saturday was delayed due to an ordinance workers due to an ordinance workers found while digging in the area according to the US Coast Guard. Officials from Patrick Air, Patrick's Air Force Base were dispatched to make sure the ordinance wasn't live. The cruise ship departed at 5:35 p.m. according to Disney. Isn't that scary? 
that they're out there working on this port and they're finding like old bombs and stuff like that. Yeah, around. really. But doesn't it seem like all of Central Florida must have been a bombing range at one time? There's Apparently. That, there's that whole community now that's suing because no one told them before they bought their homes that it was once on an old testing ground. Yeah. And the kids were playing one day and they found shells. Daddy, yeah. can I go play outside? No. <laughs> yes, go play on the bomb. Yes. Here's a shovel. Dig deep. Here's your helmet and flak jacket. <laughs> But I just thought this was really weird. They're probably going to find a lot more of these now. Yeah. But you would think the that there's some kind of technology that they could have found this maybe before they started digging. Yeah, or like a metal detector. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah. Doink, I could have had a V8. But wow. I mean, do you really want to keep the ship there while they're, you know, wouldn't you want to well, take the ship out to sea? Most of them are old. I don't think, do they even work? Some I think when they find them, they want everybody to stay where they are. Because if they do have to explode it or move it, they don't want anything going on. So moving the ship past it could be more dangerous than... I guess. But if you were on the ship, I'm sure Disney didn't say this, but if you were on the ship, did you really want to be that close to something that you didn't know if it was alive or not? Yeah. And also, it doesn't say exactly where. So it could have been... You know how there's that peninsula that they have to drive past? Most likely, it was found there. That's my guess. Well, you know, I, I just think it would be nice if the government could keep track of their bombs. <laughs> know where they are. Know if you're missing one. Do you know where your bombs are? Yeah, really. <laughs> they got the thing you could put on your keychain that makes a beep. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they can put that on their bombs. All right, that will do it for Rapid Fire this week. We're going to move on to our Disneyland a a report on our Disneyland trip. We were going to do a little bit more in this show, but we're kind of running long, so... Uh, we'll be doing uh, next week. We're going to be doing a regular show. We're going to be doing an extra Disneyland show, so that we have uh, time to really talk about because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, so, want a couple things I want to mention uh, this week though. Uh, first is uh, the new artist I discovered. He, no one knew about him before me. Um, <laughs> uh, we're out in Disneyland, of course. You know, I shopping is like top of my list when we go out there much to his dismay Should run. and uh, we saw these miniatures these uh, created by an, art, an artist named Robert Oshevsky and they are miniatures of attractions within the park uh, miniature Snow White Castle or Sleeping Beauty Castle miniature Pirates of the Caribbean miniature Haunted Mansion he has a whole series of Main Street you, and you can actually like take these miniatures, and he sells like a an eight foot banquet table that you can take these miniatures out of their stands and set them up so you have Main Street, hmm. the castle at one side, the uh, train station at the other, and all the stores and the trees and the detail on these things is amazing. When we're done recording, I'll go into the we'll go into the dining room and I'll show you the pieces that I that I picked up from him, but. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not normally one to pick these types of things up, but I was so enamored with the detail and the quality of what, was cre- what he created. And apparently they're remarkably popular out there. They've just started now. He's just started creating pieces for uh, Disney World. Do these light up? They yes. have working lights. We've yeah. seen them here in World. They're, they're incredibly detailed. And the castle is spectacular. Yeah, it, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Wait till you see some of the pieces I picked up. You can even see it from the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so uh, now he, but he not only makes the attraction miniatures, he makes an, uh, other things for Disney that are just equally beautiful. 
and I have picked some of those things up for you guys as as gifts. Oh, I love presents. So, <laughs> your mom should be on top. This is for mom. Glad mom's here this week. That's for Corey. That's for Kathy Worling. Thank you. This is also for Corey, if we can pass that down. Oh. <laughs> I want to see what it is first. It's this Christmas. Is, this is for Miss Julie. Those are, those are for John. Wow. Walter drops them and breaks them. Are they Fred Julie? <laughs> yes. From, from Italy. Uh, Thank you. That's for Miss Teresa. Save that for her. This is also for you, Kevin. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This one's heavy. <laughs> Nothing makes oh, a good very podcast cool. like opening presents. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> the, are those... Isn't that amazing? Yeah. They're really These detail. are like uh, little the, like pill boxes. They open up. Oh, my gosh. Um, and they're magnetic. Oh, this wow. is really cool. They, that, that slides. Oh, it's... Like, actually. Oh, yeah. Mine's a little pillbox, and it has the Pirates of the Caribbean logo, the Jolly Roger on the front, and it looks like a little treasure chest. And the top. It slides really open. Cool. And I, thank you, Kevin. You got the tiki's. I love these. I know you love tiki's, <laughs> so I got you the tiki set. Very cool. Um, you got the tiki pillboxes. There are two of them, and then the tiki heirloom Kevin, box. It slides out. Oh, and it actually and it's magnetic. It snaps back in. That's really really cool. <laughs> Aren't these wild? I'm opening my second one now. Thank you. Tinkerbell's my favorite. Oh, good. Yeah, I have the the bobsleds, the Matterhorn, and Julie has the uh, Alice in Wonderland and the Imagineering the Creative Book. Very <gasps> cool. Yeah, and I have the Haunted Mansion, the one of the uh, extreme. And that slides up. The stretching. Oh, that's so cool! Isn't that pictures cool? Pictures where it's the girl. On the high wire, and when you open it up, the alligator's underneath there, and inside the, the box. That is so oh, cool. Isn't that wild? Oh, Corey broke And these are, no. all, these are all collector's pieces. <laughs> these are incredible. He I is, absolutely love these. I do. Oh, I good. Love, thank you. Wow. See, let me see your oh, second you. one. Again. Oh, these are neat. Kevin got two from the Tiki Room. Oh, these are so cool. What are they made out of? Ceramic. Like, These are made out are of they, ceramic. They feel like a resin. They, honestly, they almost feel they like have a, ivory. They have a heft to yeah, them. They're yeah, they're really nice. They're yeah. really good. It's oh, really good yes. quality stuff. This guy, the work this man does is just That's amazing. So cool. Everything, because I, I didn't even realize these were by him at first. I was looking, I'm like, oh my God, those are beautiful. And then the one, the saleswoman was telling me, "Oh yeah, these are also Oshevsky pieces." I'm like, wow. "Oh my god, I love his stuff now." I'm just like a yeah. huge fan of his. Do you want to know what's really funny? We really like his stuff. As I said, we saw the castle at one of the Art of Disney's. However, I don't have room for an eight foot buffet table. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, I actually do. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, it's really hard to get the Main Street pieces because the, the, I believe the first edition on the Main Street pieces is sold out. And, uh, but he also makes these heirloom boxes, which is what my mom got and what Kevin got, um, which are just. This is a limited edition of 1963. Wow! Oh, wow! That's also a tiki. Do you need help? 
I do. I don't. Here's my Oh, that! Wow. Mom got the Tinkerbell atop Big Ben. Holy moly! Wow! Or isn't that gorgeous? The detail on this. Oh my God. Is that not absolutely wow. gorgeous? And that opens up to be a box. Yep. Wow. These are heirloom boxes. He is very talented. He's amazing. He's amazing. I'm going to include a link to his website, so you guys can go out and take a look at the whole line of stuff that he has. Didn't he say he was uh, going to be down here? Yes, he's going to be down here in March signing pieces huh. from the uh, uh, Walt Disney World collection. I don't know the exact date, but I loved this tiki box. I thought this was so awesome. And you say the Art of Disney is where they have it? Um, That's where we've seen them. Okay. Now, see, now out in California, they were everywhere. They were in the oh, World really? of Disney. They were in the uh, off the page in um, California Adventure. And they were in the Disney Anastar on Main oh, okay. Street in the Magic Kingdom. And uh, oh wow! Oh my God, I love it. Isn't that incredible? Sure, you don't have room for that banquet table. (laughs) I have to be honest with you. I like this better than the than the uh, main street pieces. Yeah, this I I just think his 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 work is brilliant. I love because when you look at it, it doesn't look Disney, does it? No, it doesn't. It looks very rustic. It, it looks very 1960s yeah. Disney kind of thing. That's what I love about it. And they, the like, you know, I think I like about them is they they, have, they feel heavy. They don't feel like cheap. Like no, they're, they're not. not. They're not. They're really cool. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Really nice. You're very welcome. We, we Walter and I uh, were debating like what to get, and I'm like, no, these Oshevsky pieces are just too these cool for words. And uh, I don't see why you had them shipped back. <laughs> yeah, I was not bringing this stuff back in my. <laughs> no, I mean, there's like nothing but boxes while we were gone came to this house. I'm glad you're pronouncing his last name, too, because it's spelled O L S S Z E W S K I. How are you saying it again? Oshevsky. Oshevsky. I never would have come up with that. Well, neither did I until the sales girl told me how to pronounce it. <laughs> They there's will, they there's will. a website address, DisneyGallery.com. Yeah, you can buy them there. Um, it's just they're they're it's just the terrific pieces. Those are awesome. So, I absolutely love this. <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd like the tiki stuff. I do. And uh, it's very cool. I was glad he had multiple pieces of that. I wanted to get you something a little extra because you can't see. He's been having to lay <laughs> yeah. face down and. <laughs> Go through all that, but um, so yeah, Robert Oshevsky, loving loving his stuff. Let's go wait. check it out. Like I said on the on the podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. We'll have links to his website. I don't want to rattle this. And yeah, let's put, you put that later. over there for me until sure. I can put it back in the box when it's not being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I think what we'll talk about this week uh, is the Disneyland Hotel, since that's uh, where we started our trip, where we spent our time, uh, where we stayed, and uh, some of the things we noticed. Now, uh, after my trip last year, last April, uh, we stayed at the Grand Californian, and Walter and I kind of walked away under-impressed. The rooms uh, I found to be small, on the uncomfortable side, and just too expensive uh, for what we were getting. Uh, the Disneyland Hotel, on the other hand, this was built in 1955. Well, the hotel itself was built in 1955, but none of the original uh, areas of the hotel still exist. The three towers that are there now, the, the Dreams Tower, the Wonder Tower, and the Magic Tower, uh, those were all built in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, those were all additions. 
the original part of the Disneyland Hotel was demolished in, I think it was 1999, if I'm not mistaken. And it is where uh, part of downtown Disney and the monorail station now are. That monorail station used to be right out in front of the Disneyland oh, okay. Hotel. So, um, But still in all, built in the 60s and 70s, these are large rooms. These rooms are about 425 square feet. So they're, they're very spacious. They're kind of like the rooms of the Polynesian, uh, the old rooms of the Contemporary, uh, the original Disney hotel rooms, nice, big, spacious. Uh, the upgraded bedding that we're finding out here is out there. Very comfortable beds. We slept quite well, I thought. Uh, we had a, actually had a room with two queen beds. Uh, and we, had, we really enjoyed the hotel. The hotel was... It is my favorite hotel out there. I have a book that I have to bring to you. The last time we all were out in Disneyland together, I apparently had a couple of minutes by myself, and I went to a bookstore in downtown Disney. And I bought, I spent way too much money on a book all about the Disneyland Hotel, which oh, really? gives you, and has all of the pictures from 1955 till now. Oh. So you can see the evolution of the oh, hotel. I'd love to see that. And I didn't know you were going to talk about this today, or I would have brought it for you. It's really a cool book. Well, the... Uh, like I said, it, it is my it is my favorite hotel in Disneyland, um, but I was a little upset with them uh, this trip. Uh, not overly upset, but the first day we weren't feeling much magic. No, the first day, there. if you read my blog from the first day, um, I think I entitled it "Cue the Firing Squad." Uh, there was really there was some there was a lot of attitude coming from cast members. Uh, we were stunned to find out, and I know somebody's going, "You're such a snob." Get over it. Uh, <laughs> we were stunned to find out the concierge lounge was closed. But we found out after we had already changed the hotel buildings and moved up to the concierge level. Well, yeah, what happened was is we had a regular room. We were in the uh, Magic Tower, which is where the main lobby is. And I decided, you know what, let's go ahead and spend the extra money. It's about 100, another 140 a night uh, to add concierge. So let's go ahead and do that. And so we went to the front desk. We switched to concierge. They moved us over to the building. We went up to the concierge lounge, put our key in the door. And then we're looking inside, and it's, it's like, dark. it's dark. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, that's odd. It's, it's concierge lounge is supposed to be open from 6.30 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week. Why is the lounge closed? So we went back down to the front desk, and she's like, oh, yeah, uh, the lounge is closed until the 12th. This is the 4th. And I'm like, oh, no, you are not charging me. For concierge, if I'm not getting access to the lounge, Why pull that off my bill. say to you when you said I'm going to switch? We kept thinking. Thank you. That's ridiculous. If someone checks in, tell them the lounge is closed. So then we ask. So we ask a manager what the story is with this, and we're told that uh, the the club the club uh, the e ticket lounge, which is what the concierge lounge is called, is undergoing renovations. Okay. Didn't look like there were any renovations going mm-hmm. on in there, but. Uh, you know, as I mentioned in my blog, also it was raining a lot while we were out there. The first five days we were there, it was raining, and since a big part of going out there was to get video uh, and pictures, that kind of cut into the seven days we had budgeted. So we extended the trip an extra was it five days? Right. And so we were there until the sixteenth, and we went ahead and uh, on the twelfth we went ahead and added concierge to our room. So the last few days. We were there at least. I was in the lounge so I could kind of get a feel for it. And, and I was talking to some other cast members not in concierge uh, about other things. And I happened to bring this up. And they mentioned, oh, no, it wasn't closed for renovation. It was closed for occupancy. 
Just the first time they've ever done it. Meaning the occupancy was so low. Occupancy was so low, they closed the concierge lounge. Wow. They have never done this before. Were you charged for concierge? They tried to. They tried to. (laughs) No, we had that taken off. But that was taken off instantly. What bothered me the most was that not only did they close the lounge, but they made the people who worked there take the week off. Take the time off that it was closed. They didn't pay them. They mm. made them take the What time are the normal off. hours for the lounge? 6.30 a.m. to uh, 10 p.m. And I'm sorry. You know what? If you're a Disney hotel, you're a first-class hotel, your concierge lounge stays open. I don't care if there's one person registered in concierge. You keep your lounge open. It's unheard of. And this is... I think I may have mentioned this in the show before. I'm not sure. If not, I'll mention it now. I understand that there have to be cost-cutting measures to a certain point, given the economy. But I think Disney is doing the same things the airlines did last year when the price of fuel went through the roof. Airlines for years have been trying to figure out a way to charge us for our bags. And they didn't have a justification until the price of fuel went to $4 a gallon and then they started charging us for our bags on airplanes. Now, you'll notice the price of gas has gone down. Mm. Has that charge gone away? Of course not, nor will it. It was an excuse. Now, I believe that Disney is doing the same thing to some degree right now. They are uh, using the economy as an excuse to cut things they could not get away with cutting before this. We noticed that at the pool at the Disneyland Hotel that for the vast majority of our stay, there was no lifeguard on duty, Hmm. even though the pool was, at points, full of kids during the day, and there was no lifeguard. They had lifeguards on weekends. On weekends, we saw the lifeguards, but not during the week. Uh, So things like this we were spotting. Uh, Hook's Point was closed, which really wasn't any great loss because Hook's Point wasn't that good uh, to begin with. We were really disappointed with the food at Hook's Point. Uh, but it was, especially the first week we were there, it was a veritable ghost town. Hmm. Uh, the, the stores were closed. Uh, and the cast members, you could tell the cast members seemed demoralized. Well, one guy had worked there understand. for decades and said it was the slowest January he'd ever seen. Wow. In 20 years. He'd been working there 20 years. Well, that's like going to a beach town in the middle of winter and finding stuff like that closed. You would expect that. You don't expect that at Disney. You don't. And what I'm, you know, one of the things I'm concerned about is they're going to affect their reputation and their quality if they let this go on. Uh, and you can't start opening and closing the concierge lounge like that. It's, not, it's just not done. It's not done in good hotels. Good hotels don't do that. Uh, now, I will say that uh, you know one of my biggest complaints about the Disneyland Hotel is the lack of adequate counter service, decent counter service food uh, during the day. Your only option is Crocs Bits and Bites, which is outside the pool. But the, even that wasn't open the full time. It I found was, the same thing at Grand, uh, Grand Californian, too. The, the daytime counter service, you have that little food store. Roaring Forks. And that's about it. And, well, at least they have Roaring Forks, which has lots of options and, you know, different things like that. But all the Disneyland Hotel has is Crocs, Bits and Bites and room service. Now, I'll tell you, room service was excellent. The food was outstanding. As a matter of fact, this is one of the biggest expenses you will have at Disneyland. 
eating. Is eating. The cost of food is really is up there. Now, we used our annual pass. We have premium annual passes to Disneyland. And I got to tell you, it saved us a fortune on this trip. Uh, when I factor in the price of the room, we got an annual pass holder rate on the room. Uh, we saved $800 using our annual pass just for the room. Now, granted, we were there for 12 days. So most people won't be there for 12 days. But still in all, even if it was five days, we would have saved, you know, three or $400. We saved between uh, souvenirs and food a little over $300 we saved hmm. using our annual pass. Now, keep in mind that a premium annual, I think, is $360, $370 out there. So between this trip and last trip, that, that those annual passes paid for themselves twice. So... It is. This is an annual pass that really can, especially right now, uh, if you're looking at staying on site, it may be worth it to buy an annual pass just for a trip, regardless of how many days you're going to spend in the parks, because you could save some serious money. Uh, and their annual passes out there are like credit cards. The uh, cast members at the various restaurants and locations, even the ones that aren't owned by Disney, are asking you, do you have an annual pass? Hmm. Because it's you're getting ten, fifteen, sometimes twenty percent off. How much is a annual pass for out there? Uh, well, like I just said, it's about three sixty, oh, three seventy. Okay, so it's like what it is here, but yeah. you get, but you, you get, get you actually get something. Yes. Okay, yeah. And Kathy, you're talking about a Florida resident annual pass, right? Non-Florida resident annual pass here in Walt Disney World is much more than three sixty. It's okay. I don't know the right number in front of me, but yeah. So that's really good. It is, that's and. A really good you know, so you there 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 are ways to save some money out there, um, but you know Walter and I were eating breakfast the first couple of days. We were eating breakfast at either La Brea or uh, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen, the express uh, area, getting breakfast sandwiches, coffee, juice, and it was costing us thirty two, thirty three dollars uh, for the two of us to have breakfast, and it was forty or forty one, I think, to have a full breakfast in the room from room service. And so just for the convenience of time of being able to eat breakfast while we were getting ready so we could get out of the room early, that's what we were doing. We were having breakfast in uh, in the room. And when, you know, when breakfast at La Brea is not that much less expensive than room service, the prices are out of whack. I think having the larger room, too, helps if you're going to have room service. Yeah. Because then at least you have a spot. They bring the table up, I assume. Right. They do all that right. stuff. At least you have a place for it. and. In a 400-square-foot room. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, now, we were in the Dreams Tower, which means we had uh, a resort or a downtown Disney theme park view, which was stunning because you can see California Adventure. You can see Disneyland. You can see all of downtown Disney. And as I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, you get that view of the fireworks. That was the other thing that concerned me. Now, I realize we're there, we were there off-season, but... During the 12 days we were there, only two nights were there fireworks. And there was no afternoon parade in the Magic Kingdom. Not one day while we were there was there an afternoon parade. And now I realize that is not abnormal for them. But especially for those of us who are used to Disney World, it's just like mind-bending because they do the parades and the fireworks here constantly. If we hadn't extended our trip, we would not have, we seen, would not have seen fireworks. It, they they were running them uh, Friday night before Valentine's Day. Uh, they ran them on uh, 
Saturday night, Valentine's, Valentine's Day, yeah. and they were running them again Sunday, but we had already left. But, uh, you know, it's... So it's, people need to be aware that if you're traveling to Disneyland off-season, uh, you you are not going to see... You may not see fireworks. You may not see parades. They were running the Pixar Play Parade a few times, which honestly is my favorite Disney parade. I, hands down, too. it's just my favorite Disney parade. It's great. It's a great parade. I hope one day they, they bring it out here. Uh, it's over in California Adventure. And let me just say to... They like to squirt water on you, too, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> yes. They squirt water, water <laughs> on you. Bubbles all over the place. California Adventure is under a lot of construction. Lots. It's under a lot of construction. Yeah. Right now, they've got the, um, the lagoon is empty because they're going to be doing a nighttime water spectacular type thing uh, there. But the entire look of that park is going to change. We were hearing about cast members talk about what they're going to be doing. That whole area right now out in front where it says California, Mm -hmm. it's all going to be ripped up. Um, The entranceway is basically going to be like 1920s Los Angeles, Burbank, uh, what what California looked like when Walt came. Oh, that sounds cool. I I, I did this as a rapid fire um, when we came back in the fall. It's amazing the things that that they're going to do. Yeah, it really is. They're Uh, getting rid of the uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. Golden Gate Bridge is gone. Uh, gonna, going to be gone. It's not gone yet, but they're getting rid of that. They're putting in a, a big theater uh, right in the front plaza. Uh, there's a lot of things they're going to be doing to it. They actually have a, a, a blue sky imagineering uh, uh, preview center set up right outside the Golden Vine Winery uh, that shows everything they're planning on doing. And it looks interesting. It should be very interesting to see what they're going to do. 2009 will begin the, uh, uh, the, first, the first of the renovations will be online. Uh, the end of this year, uh, then 2010, 2011, 2012, things are going to be coming online progressively with everything being done by 2012. So um, I think the timing on that is interesting since 2012 is also probably around the time they're going to be putting a new ship out there. So I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive in my opinion. But um, but getting back to the Disneyland Hotel, uh, it we had dinner at Steakhouse 55 again. Uh, when we met with our Disneyland correspondents, Tony Spatel, Wendy Bell, and Nancy Johnson, and uh, Mary Jo Willie, our Disneyland moderator on the boards, also joined us. And I got to tell you, what a spectacular meal. Oh, it was wonderful. What a spectacular meal. It's just, that is the best, that is, in my opinion, the best restaurant on Disney property out there. And it rivals anything we have out here, uh, in my opinion. The steak is just Superb. The meal was just superb. The service was superb. We had a great, a, a great waiter. One of those waiters who knew, you know, this was a group of friends sitting around talking. I need to be, I need to be back on the woodwork. I need to not be seen. I just need to be doing what I need to do. Our drinks were always full. Silent service. Yes, and yeah. he was brilliant. And but he was also the type of server that if we had been more engaging, if we were sending out that signal, he would have been more engaging. Just really good professional service. And then, of course, with that annual pass, you know, I think it took 50-some-odd dollars mm. off the bill. And so, I mean, really and truly, it's just, I love that annual pass. So when people are thinking about going out there, they really need to consider, uh, the, you know, take a look at what kind of discounts are being offered with the annual pass, where are you going to eat, if you're going to be eating on-site, if all your meals on-site, which we did. Uh, I thought we would venture off-site, but we didn't. We never did. Um, even though we had a rental car, we got such a great deal in the rental car too. Yeah, do they charge you to park? Is there daily parking? Yes, 
That bugs me. Well, the daily parking fee is included. The self-park fee is included with your resort fee. But if you want valet, it's another $17 a day on top of that. And after walking back and forth to that parking lot three or four days, I'm like, okay, screw this. We're valeting the car. This is ridiculous. I'm not walking all that. Got to do enough walking around the theme parks. Uh, But now once once, uh, President's Week started approaching and the crowd started coming back in, the hotel started to really take on its old charm and ambiance. And you saw the cast members seemed a lot happier. Everything was open. Everything was running. The only problem we had, and Walter was just like seven shades of psychotic, God forbid anything is wrong with the hot tub at a hotel we're staying at. He It can make or break my vacation. He really, he gets upset. I love upset. a hot tub now. He gets upset. And during the beginning of the week, the hot tub was nice and hot. But then, like, toward the end of it, it was, like, cold. It was not comfortable at all. Well, it, was, we, it never got 60 degrees while we were there. So it was very cold. It was raining. It was windy. And if you sat in the hot tub, you were cold. Yeah. So I sat till I got cold, and then I'd have to leave. And I thought they had turned the temperature down for the weekend for when kids were there. So you're in the hot tub. There's kids doing cannonballs into it. They're doing backflips. And it's cold. So it was a very... Irritating experience. So Walter's calling guest services. He made it his mission. He was calling three or four times a day. But it took three days of making that many phone calls before a manager finally called him back and explained what was going on. They were having trouble with the with the hot tub. It was a much more extensive problem than they thought. They're working on it. And he apologized. And that was all we needed. But it took three days. Was this the same manager that said the uh, concierge lounge was no, under? It was no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was not. No, it was not. No, it's a different one. But the hot tub's under construction. Yeah. <laughs> Due to guest demand. <laughs> Due to guest demand. Uh, overall, overall, I mean, I love the Disneyland Hotel. I would absolutely stay there again, uh, especially, like I said, the size of the rooms. Uh, the bathrooms are nice and big. Now, the only problem we had was the cold water. I mean, the oh, hot yeah, water okay. There was, there was the hot water issue, too. The first few days we were there, we were having trouble getting hot water to our shower. And then the... Uh, well, I, we get up at 7 o'clock try, to try to get somewhere early. I turn it on. It's cold. So we call maintenance. So maintenance comes and explains to me how the temperature regulator on a shower works. He's like, <laughs> you turn it here for hot. I had to walk I away. I thought Walter was going to beat this guy to within an inch of his life. <clears throat> so after I breathed deeply for a while, I came back and I said, watch this. I turned it all the way to the left, and it's still cold. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, oh, let me go check on something. That's usually when Kevin goes, do you think I don't know how a shower works? <laughs> well, we were in Italy, and I called the maintenance at one of the hotels we were staying in in Rome because like, the air conditioner was broken. And the man came up and explained to me in Italian that you had to push the button. <laughs> <laughs> well... I wasn't pushing the button, so there are those of us out there who do have to be explained every once in a while. Well, yeah, the, little things like that. You know, it almost seemed to me as though if a, like a block of rooms wasn't occupied, they were shutting something off. At first, that's what it seemed like because we were one of the few people up there yeah. at one time, and it just—I'm like, okay. You know, fine, but then when somebody checks in, turn the damn turn hot water on. on. Yeah. I can't believe the brass. Well, never mind. I can't believe the nerve of trying to tar- charge you for concierge that's not open. That well, again, you know, it's like where's the communication with your with with your front desk? That well, she didn't know she had they to call would have somebody. heard me from the room. Well, they, yeah, I, I, there was just when I, you know, when I got to the uh, 
when I got to the front desk, there was no question that it was going to be taken care of because I was no way. Yeah, You're not going to charge me $140 premium uh, per night. 143 I think it was, per night with no access to the lounge. Yeah. Now, this hotel, it has the monorail station right out front, right? No, it's no. Uh, it's the monorail station now is located in downtown Disney. Um, so it's not walk- too far. It's not it's not that far a walk. Uh, but was- I, I know it's going to sound like I'm complaining. We really, and I don't want it to come across that way because it was a great experience. We had a great time. The monorail, their monorail breaks down every time you look at it out there. It was broken a lot, or they only had one operating, so that you happened had to wait like too. twice. 20 minutes. Twice we tried to get on the monorail, and twice we turned around and walked away because it was down. That's because they got to wind up that rubber band. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have the new, the, I think they're the Mark 5s. Oh, yeah, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. they're gorgeous. Too bad we never saw the inside of one. <laughs> Do the windows still open? Yes. Yeah. That's just so weird. Yeah, it's really nice. It is. It is. And we so wanted to ride in the front. And so the monorails are only a one-way trip, too. Yeah, the monorails are a one-way trip, yeah. Yeah. Did you get a chance to go back? I don't know which tower it is, but they had like a waterfall. Yeah, and that was another cost-cutting measure. I was going to say. Waterfalls, the waterfalls were shut off at night. Huh. Were and that was off. when it was spectacular. That's when they were spectacular, exactly. But they huh. were shut off at night. I was so, so disappointed while I was taking night shots around the hotel. And we went over there, and I'm like, right. "You've got to be kidding me!" You know, you're, you're you're recycling the water for God's sakes. It's not like you're and that's wasting some of the stuff that makes it special. Because I mean, you could go stay at the Marriott, like, and this is when the, the block, and this was when the hotel was full. This wow. is when the hotel was full, and this is why I'm saying I think they're going too far, and I think they see an opportunity to cut things now, that when the economy comes back, they don't have to bring back. And I think that they should really rethink that policy. That they can, it is possible to go too far. I understand that some things, uh, you know, I understand some things have to be cut because of the economy. But there is a limit. There is a limit, and you know, you can't charge what you charge for hotel rooms out there, or out here for that matter. Right. And then start cutting this stuff back. And expecting that people are going to want to come back again. You know, you have to entice people to want to spend $250, $300 a night for a hotel room. Which, if we were not using our annual pass rate, exactly what that room would have cost. Without concierge, those rooms are going for between $220 and $300 a night, depending on what where you are and, and what kind of view you have. So... Overall, I can tell you, if you're thinking about staying at any one of the three hotels out there, my recommendation, hands down, is absolutely the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, the Grand Californian is very nice, but if you want space, and, and don't be put off by the fact that these ho- this hotel was 40-some-odd years old, 50-some-odd years old. Those rooms are so brilliantly maintained. Everything has been rehabbed. It's got the charm of its history without any of the eyesore of an old hotel. I was afraid... Before I ever stayed there, thinking, you know, I'd heard all the, it was old. And so we picked Paradise Pier. And to me, Paradise Pier was like a recycled Marriott. Or exactly well, that's exactly what it was. What it was. Well, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it wasn't a Disney hotel. It wasn't a Disney hotel and because it was, it was built. It was built for whatever Olympics were out in Los Angeles. Uh, the 88 Olympics, the 84 Olympics. Okay. That was built specifically as an overflow hotel for the Los Angeles Olympics. And then uh, Disney bought it. 
And they have done an admirable job of really trying to renovate that hotel to give it that Disney quality. But, you know, if a hotel isn't built as a Disney hotel from the ground up, it never becomes one. It reminded me of one of those Soviet bloc country apartment complexes. (laughs) Yeah. And I said, when I finally, you know, my daughter twisted my arm to stay at the Disneyland Hotel. I I couldn't believe the difference. To me, that that was Disney. And it it has that nostalgia and history, Mm -hmm. especially if you go down into the lobby, to the far end of the lobby. They have uh, a wall on both sides with pictures from the history of Disneyland. You see all these old pictures of Walt and the park when it first opened. Then you turn a corner, you're in the convention area, and they have that big, uh, big case with all the old Disneyland memorabilia, like Walt's name tag and all the old Disneyland board games from the 1950s and the Viewmasters. And it was, it's really cool. You could spend an hour just sitting mm-hmm. looking at these pictures and looking at this stuff. It's like a museum, and it it just adds to the the charm and appeal of that resort for me. The nostalgia that's there, the, the history that's there. Uh, it's one of the reasons I love the Disneyland Park. It's the original. Right. Uh, you know, all joking aside, uh, it's the only theme park in the world that can boast Walt Disney walked through it. You know, Walt Disney was there. He his influence is still there. And it's like you can almost picture him walking down the yeah, street. Yeah, you can. You can. Uh, you know, I like the fact that our Magic Kingdom is larger, that it absorbs crowds better. That park just, when that park gets crowded, you are you feel like you're right on top of everybody because you are right on top <laughs> of everybody. But it's brilliant when we've got a, a voicemail to play this week about the rain in California. While we complained about the rain, it certainly did wonders for the crowds. Uh, being able to walk on rides with five-minute wait or no wait at all. We heard is, on the news the day you were leaving that they closed the five because of rain and wind. Really? Mm. Really. I mean, like, for a huge distance also. Yeah, they were having a lot of trouble with that. I mean, like I said in the show last week, I felt bad that I was complaining about the rain because they need it so badly out there. But it really, I mean, it just rained and rained and rained the first five days we were there. And it was like, God, is it ever going to stop? Because it was cold. And then the rain comes, you know, that when it's cold and it starts raining, it just goes right through you. Um, and I tell you, Walter was such a good sport. I was taking pictures of him with my phone the entire week, pasted, posting them on my Facebook page. <laughs> and he's like, will you stop taking my picture? I'm like, no. The people expect it. <laughs> the like, people expect it. <laughs> and, uh, That's very lame, Miz. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have... Uh, we actually have uh, some of Walter's photos. Uh, which which galleries have we put up? The Universal ones. Universal and the Wild Animal Park. Yes. Which are, the VIP tour and the Wild Animal Park. Okay. And uh, uh, we're going to have links to those uh, those galleries along with the videos from our trip on the show notes page this week. And like I said, next week we'll be doing a show dedicated to uh, the rest of our trip. We don't have a lot of time this week uh, because I think housekeeping ran. Ran a bit long, <laughs> and uh, I can't hear. Wait to hear what you think about it. It's a small world. <coughs> we talked about that last week. Yeah, when he called in. Do you remember? Vaguely, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first trip out of the house. Here, <laughs> <laughs> really. It's first day wearing big boy pants in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you said you weren't going to say that. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, speaking of big boy pants. There's a sense out here a lot. People, 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 people. I understand when you go to Disney World with your children, you bring them into the hot tub. I don't think kids belong in a hot tub, but I understand it's Disney. You got to do it. If your children, child isn't potty trained, do not go near a pool or a hot tub without a swim diaper on that child. Thank they you. have okay. signs saying that because it's yeah, happens, but it's not enforced. They have to close the pool. It's though. not enforced. That's a park pee for me. And yeah. it's well, it's beyond that. It's I don't, pee. I don't want to swim in your child's pee. Okay, <laughs> I really don't. Or worse, or worse. <laughs> okay, literally dropping the kids off in the pool. Not a good thing. Um, really and truly, please make sure you have swim diapers. On if your, your kids children. aren't potty trained, they shouldn't be in a hot tub. Right. Well, well, but this is also, my. It, it, uh, it's mind blowing to me because it is a real health risk. There was a lot of toddlers in the hot oh, tub. Oh, there were. I'm talking. If, if you need a, uh, a life jacket to get in the hot tub, you don't need to be in the hot tub. You're you're basically boiling them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Except then. when the, the heater wasn't working, so that they really enjoyed that. But didn't there used to be an age requirement? It's you have to be 14 if you uh, less than 14 has to be accompanied by a parent. Parent, yeah, but. It didn't happen. And all it says is chi- children under the age of five, there may be health risks associated with being in a hot tub. There's no rule against it. Pete might beat you to death. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, like I said, you know, it's annoying. It's absolutely annoying because, you know, people are letting their kids swim in the hot tub. You know, there's a pool right over there if you, your kid wants to swim. The hot tub's not for swimming. The hot tub's for sitting and baking, not for swimming. And you get these kids swimming and splashing in your face and... And these parents, oh, it's so cute. No, it's not cute. Your kid isn't cute. I'm going to drown your kid if he splashes me in the face again. It's not cute. It's cute to you. It's not cute to anybody else. Put a swim diaper on the kid, and if they need to swim, you put them in the damn pool. Okay? You keep them out of the hot tub. Stay out of the damn hot tub. Stay out of the damn hot tub. And look, like I said, I get it. And because, you know, there was one night we were in there, and there were kids in there, and everybody was great, and there was no splashing and nonsense going on. And that's cool. That's fine. But, you know, when it's overrun with five-year-olds in a hot tub, I'm sorry. It's a health risk to begin with. The chlorine levels in a hot tub are so much higher than a pool. To subject a kid with, with sensitive skin or sensitive eyes to that. And you are literally boiling them. I mean, they, it can raise your blood pressure to the point where it's dangerous. Their circulatory systems are not fully developed, and it is a health risk. And yeah. it's just... Why Especially Disney when someone's al- holding them under. <laughs> <laughs> Why Disney allows it, I'm not sure, because a lot of places don't. A lot of places do not allow kids to be in the hot That tub. was always a rite of passage with my kids, because I can remember oh. being at hotels that you had to be 12 to be in the hot tub, and my kids did not go in the hot tub until they were 12. But now, And I was there with them. But nowadays, when you go to hotels, you see kids in the hot tubs, and even the parents aren't around. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to that? Oh, we were seeing that, too. You know, oh, the sign yeah. said... Under 14, accompanied by adult. That was a joke because these kids were in the hot tub and there was no adult there. There's no lifeguard on duty. And you know what? The first time something happens to one of these kids, that's the person who's going to sue Disney Mm -hmm. because it's everybody else's job to watch their kid, not this. And that's just the stuff that drives me insane is that, you know, like I said, it's Disney. We know there are going to be kids, of course, and there should be. But, you know. Use some common sense and think about the people around you. You know, not everybody wants to be affected by your children. And not everybody wants to be inconvenienced by your children. And you have a responsibility to kind of keep them under control. 
Or why not have a hot tub like they do on the cruise line that's just for adults? Thank you. Or a kiddie pool, because mm-hmm. I'll tell you that hot tub was nothing more than a glorified kiddie pool. And it was the same problem we had at Grand Californian last year. Well, what pissed me off about Grand Californian is they used to have two hot tubs. One could have been for adults only, and it would have been great. But they filled it in and put some stupid little turtle slide yeah. for one-year-olds or something. <laughs> and, that, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the one hot tub that remained was a small hot tub, at least the one at the Disneyland Hotel is a 25-seater. That holds 25 people. And so at least that one's a little bit bigger. The one at the, I'm telling you, it's like the one at the Grand Californian is no bigger than this table. It's wow. small. And it was like loaded with people, loaded with kids. And the kids are swimming and splashing. And the parents are, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just, that, that's, that was a, that's always been a real peeve of mine. And I really just thought I'd take this opportunity to. <laughs> Mention it in case anybody listening is one of those parents who think it's cute when their kids are doing that in a hot tub. It ain't. Knock it off. So with that, we are going to end our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. As I said, we will uh, be doing two uh, two discussion shows next week, a, a normal discussion show and then our, our, a, Disneyland, a special Disneyland show along with our email show. So uh, stay tuned for that. And we will be back with you again next Wednesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, everybody, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Stay out of the damn hot tub with your kids. You can go in the hot tub, just not your kids. And if you have your kids in there, put a swim diaper on them, for God's sakes. (laughs) 